COVID-19 numbers continue to surge, President-elect Biden takes office, Netflix jumps big on earnings, and a special guest to talk about the market and a remarkable new investing platform. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. The market is well green here on Inauguration Day, up 218 points on the Dow, 231 on the NASDAQ, 47 on the S&P 500, and a whopping just six points on the Rust 2K. All the while, the VIX CBO volatility index is down 6.2%. What a day, what a week. Um, It has just been a crazy few weeks here for the market, and For good reason. At the end of the day, we have a new administration coming in. Political tensions seem to be winding down a bit. And we are going into the next four years of government and what we pretty much know what it will likely do well and what will likely do bad. I mean, if we take a look, many experts expect China relations to get better under a Biden administration. Clean energy is expected to boom under a Democratic government. Cannabis is expected to be fully legalized or more more and more um, popularly more, more and more, I would say, uh, just legalized nationwide. Let's put it that way. Um, infrastructure is supposed to well become a main topic of the next four years in government. Technology um, will likely stay out of the spotlight here uh, as there's not as many Democrats pushing to go after big tech as there are Republicans. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it seems the economy is set to roar even more as it seems the Senate is not too eager to raise taxes um, on all the brackets all around um, as of right now. So right now, the market's almost in this nirvana, um, in this perfect uh, space where we can continue to rally. But as we all know, when we all believe all the stocks will start to rally, the likelihood is it's just about to crash. So we'll see what happens. But Netflix beating big on earnings, and it's not a surprise. One of the leaders, um, if well, the leader of the streaming space, Netflix, uh, just getting huge earnings um, yesterday. I mean, just big numbers. Now, they did miss an EPS. They delivered an EPS of $1.19 versus $1.39 expected. But revenues absolutely destroyed uh, the expectations. $6.64 billion in revenues um, versus the expected $6.626 billion in expected revenues. Um, net subscriber additions. They added 8.5 million subscribers. 8.5 versus, guess what? 6.7 million subscriber net ads expected. Um, So definitely a big beat on subscriber ads. That's what sent the stock flying. If we take a look at Netflix, this stock is an absolute monster. In fact, it is up currently 15.5%, making a new 52-week high today at roughly 580 bucks per share. So definitely a huge move out of Netflix, a big catalyst move. And they also passed for the first time ever 200 million net subscribers. Remarkable. Um, so overall, just you know, a rally day, a green day for the market, even though COVID-19 numbers are continuing to rise. We look at COVID-19 numbers right now, 24.25 million cases recorded so far, deaths of 401,000 plus. I mean, COVID-19 numbers are continuing to rise. The vaccine rollout's quite slow. We're finding new strains of COVID-19 all over that are much more contagious, spreading much faster. Um, and this is definitely not a positive for the market in any way. 
So overall, um, the market is really rallying with a mixed bag of information and news. On one side, we have we we have you know a party going in the office that many expected not to go in the office. Um, in fact, a lot of the market was was pricing in you know the negative of a Biden admin when with tax hikes and such. And you know we simply haven't gotten that reaction. Maybe it was priced in, and now we're rallying on it because well we don't care anymore. Who really knows? Um, it's hard to tell, but the market is rallying. We're seeing everything absolutely climb today. Um, especially tech. Tech is just flying on this crazy day. Um, I mean, we look at the market right now, all the FANG stocks are up a few percent. NVIDIA roaring, the semiconductors, you know, the main core semis, NVIDIA, Broadcom, Qualcomm, leading while AMD and Taiwan Semi are down. The banks are roughly flat, which is surprising. Uh, the credit services moving higher. Um, so, a mixed bag of stocks, but the overall FANG stocks are absolutely roaring today, and it is not a surprise after a while of those things sitting flat. I think a uh, few of the FANG stocks are still buy. If you don't have any Apple, buy it. If you don't have any Microsoft, buy it. Um, Google and Facebook, I like it, but I'd rather take Amazon over the two. And if you're looking for a streaming play, well, I would go Disney. I think Disney has much more room for growth than does Netflix. Plus, I think Disney eventually overtakes Netflix in the streaming game, uh, but that is just my prediction. Now, we have a special interview, a special guest, and we are going to get right into that. And then we're going to round out the show with the watch list. So here is the special guest. I am here today with the director of growth at Passive, Nick McCollum. Um, And we're here today to talk about investing the market and a great new platform um, that he is heading up and, you know, I believe a lot of you will be very interested. So we're going to shift into that conversation. Um, here is Nick. Thanks for having me, Luke. Happy to be here. Uh, happy to have you here as well. Um, so today, we're, you know, we're just kind of here to talk about the market and then uh, round it out with your platform. Um, and I suppose we should get into what I think is probably the most popular thing across most of the market right now. And that is these thematic ETFs. Um, these ETFs that I think are just becoming more and more popular. Um, it's, you know, it's crazy how, like just a few years ago, the thematic ETFs, like a cloud or cybersecurity ETF, they weren't too popular. Um, and I'd say within the past year, the two years, they have just exploded. Yeah, I mean, so what, what we tend to see, like, I guess, in terms of investors' behavior is that investors always want to have choice. And to the extent that people see benefit in passive investing through ETFs or index funds more broadly, it's really hard for people to, I think, take a fully hands-off approach to investing because everyone has some sort of economic view or economic bias. And the introduction of these diversified thematic ETFs has provided investors lots of opportunity to, I guess, express their economic views without having to buy individual stocks. So in our opinion, I'd say the rise in growth of thematic ETFs is a win for investors, even if you know you don't necessarily feel the need to participate in them. It's always good for investors to have choice. Right. I agree. And I think I think not only um are they are they very popular and uh very important to have in a portfolio, but I think the diversification they offer to specific sectors is really impressive. Like the fact that you can go in and you can pick up an ETF like like a cybersecurity ETF like Sky um, and you can get access to say like 10 of the best cybersecurity stocks. I think it's really impressive. And I think, um, that a lot of investors going forward from here, I think ETFs just become more popular. 
Um, I don't know about you guys over a passive, but I think they're going to continue to stay in the mainstream. I, I mean, I like, I personally like ETFs um, a little more than I do having, you know, an index fund. I think, I think instead of an index fund, people are going to start to shift more into um, these thematic ETFs. Yeah, I mean, if you just compare the average ETF to the average index fund or the average like index mutual fund, I guess the fee structure on ETFs is kind of always going to allow investors to save money and make kind of better returns for the long run. So if you know, that's kind of obvious just from doing a little bit of research for anyone. But for whatever reason, the the mutual fund industry is like is still not dead. If you look at the amount of assets under management in mutual funds, I think it's like still pretty comparable to ETFs. So we're not even really like halfway there yet. Right. So um, not only are the ETFs super popular, but I think what has allowed those partially to become so popular is this technology um, in the investment industry has just done a full 360, I'd say from, you know, five, six years ago, a lot of platforms, they weren't super advanced. Um, you know, AI wasn't being used in a lot of, of these trading platforms and investing platforms. And now I think the technology and the ease of use of a, um, a lot of your of a lot of these platforms like yours passive has just uh changed the game yeah so i guess in my opinion the the rise in popularity of kind of consumer software is, is changing the world in a lot of ways and investing is definitely one of them what we do over at passive i guess our mission statement as a company is to make diy investing accessible through everyone so we kind of have like a software platform that we think is the best place to manage your portfolio now and uh you know we're also big believers in education so to the extent that we can help people you know to the extent we can empower investors through education by writing on our website and doing videos and other things, that's also a big win for us as well. Right. And I think that the education part um, is one of the most important important factors of all of this is, you know, Passive and in a, a few other platforms, they've brought this education factor in that it, it just wasn't there. I mean, not too long ago, they get and actually learn the market and learn how to invest um, and trade if, that is, if that's what you were wanting to do. Um, it was so much more difficult, I would say, to learn than it is now. I think now um, the access to the amount of information and assistance is much greater. Yeah, I mean, I think the world is always trending towards giving individuals more and more empowerment over like their day-to-day lives. You see that in finance, for example, with like Robinhood and other self-directed brokerages giving people tons and tons of opportunities to manage their own finances. And I think you also see that in lots of other places. Companies like Zillow, for example, is empowering homeowners with the ability to transact in the real estate market without using a realtor. So to the extent where individuals can take over more and more of their personal lives, I think that's going to be a trend we'll continue to see enabled by software. Right, right. And, you know, I think we're just at the start of all this, this digitization per se, um, of a lot, not only the financial world, but so many other um industries but uh, what that has allowed is all these all these new investors and these new traders in a in a greater retail volume i would say of investors um and i think that is i think that's also that's changing the game because the volatility um has just gone through the roof with the amount of new retail traders we have coming into the market it, it really is impressive and i would i would say technology um and platforms like yours are allowing traders and more and more retail investors to get in, which we need because, you know, not much on a broad scale of America is actually invested in the market. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been easier than ever to be an investor in general, but I would also say it's probably easy to, easier than ever to be a bad investor. So we have more access to data than ever. We have more access to 
uh, short-term news headlines and it's, it's cheaper than ever to trade stocks. So all of that gives you lots of opportunities to make bad choices too. So there's pros and cons to all of it, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's There's definitely a lot out there that's not good. Definitely a lot that's good. Um, I think I, I would always say that before you get into investing and trading, no matter what scale, um, definitely learn how to do it properly. Uh, because it, everything is so quick now, as you said, in, in the media, it's like headline after headline, minute by minute. Um, everything's changed. Everything's quicker. Everything's accelerated. Um, so definitely platforms that help the investor understand what's going on um, and what decisions to make, I think it's definitely the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of like our, our goal as a, as a firm is like we want to make it DIY investing accessible to everyone. So to the extent that uh, we can, we're trying to make people make wise long-term financial decisions. Right, right. Um, so, you know, if you just want to give us a brief rundown, I mean, we're here uh, to talk about the market, but we're also here to talk about passive. Um, so you gave us the mission statement for passive. How does, how does the platform work? Um, and like, how is it, you know, how, how does it ease the use of the investor, I would say? Um, how does it benefit the investor most? The best way to understand what we're trying to achieve at Passive and like how the software works is to understand the problem we're trying to solve. So I think in the early days of Passive, Passive was built, I guess, to scratch an itch that one of our co-founders actually had. It was built to solve a real problem. Our co-founder, Brendan Wood, he was a software engineer by trade, and he was trying to manage his own retirement account. He was trying to manage his wife's retirement account. He was trying to manage a couple education plans for his kids, all of this in like a self-directed investing manner. And uh, the way that he approached it is he had kind of target asset allocations for each account based on time horizon and what he was trying to achieve. And he's tracked all of this in a spreadsheet compared to the actual holdings in those accounts. Now, this spreadsheet did calculations to tell him whether he needed to buy or sell anything to get closer to those target allocations. And he would periodically check in on this spreadsheet to see what action was required. Now. That definitely worked, it definitely solved the problem, but it wasn't a good experience. He still had to add in manual uh, manual entry data for what was in each account into the spreadsheet. And then once that was done, he had to go back to his brokerage and enter in the trades one by one. So lots of friction, it was highly manual labor intensive and just not a great experience all around. So that's where the idea for Passive was born. He built a basic Python script that read in uh, the account holdings from his brokerage account and that eliminated the manual entry component of this process. Passive's platform today has expanded way beyond that and basically taken out all of the manual labor involved in managing your investment portfolio. Here's how it works. You create a passive account, you pair your passive account to your brokerage account, and you set a target portfolio within Passive, which is basically a mix of stocks and bonds along with, or ETFs or whatever assets you'd like to hold, along with the weights that you want assigned to each of those investments. So to provide a really basic example, you might just want to be invested like 50% in the S&P 500 fund and 50% in the NASDAQ fund. So 50% SPY, 50% QQQ. So once that's done, Passive does all of the legwork to calculate what trades you need to make to get allocated to that and allows you to rebalance with one click. So it shows you your recommended trades, you click rebalance, we send the trades off to your broker, they get executed and then they send us back trade confirmations. After that's done, Passive periodically monitors your account so that whenever your portfolio drifts from your targets, you get notified via email that it's time for you to log in again and rebalance with one click. That's kind of the 50,000 foot overview of like the core feature set of Passive. We have lots of other advanced features, but that's kind of like the, the basics in a nutshell. And I guess I'll pause for you to ask any like follow-ons. Right. And, and you know, I think just that rundown um, gives so much insight in, into the platform. I think the platform's awesome. I went through it um, and I think, you know, 
a lot of people, depending on how you invest, um, there's a large amount of people who, you know, they want to buy for the long term and they want to keep a balanced portfolio, but they don't have the time to actively keep up with it, like all the time um, and do the calculations. And I think, you know, passive does everything, you know, it and it puts it in the one click and it lets you know when you need to rebalance. Um, and I think that's probably the most awesome part about the platform. Um, and, you know, I, I do think that this, your platform and whether there's any platforms like it, I haven't seen a platform like it um, that does the, exactly what yours does. Uh, I think they're going to, I think investors are going to come to like those more and more. Um, and I definitely recommend them. Um, but where can, you know, where can people go to like register for a passive account? Um, get started with passive. Yeah. The best place to go is our website. So our website's passive.com. That's P A S S I V.com. There's no E on the end of passive and passive has a free version that you can try out to see if you like it. And then if you really are enjoying the free version, you see the benefits, you see kind of how it's going to save you time and money. You can upgrade to our paid version. Uh, we, we wanted to be really you know simple and transparent when it came to pricing. So we just have two pricing plans, free and paid. The free one's obviously free and it doesn't give you access to every single feature, but the paid one does. And the paid version is called Passive Elite. It's really simple, $99 a year paid with your credit card. We don't take any money out of your brokerage account or anything like that. Right, right. Uh, that's awesome. I'll put a link in the description to Passive. Um, and so people, if investors, if you guys are wanting to go check it out, definitely go check it out. Highly recommend it. Um, but, I, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you came on the show talking about the market. It was very interesting to get a view from someone else on the market, especially someone who deals with technology um, more, you know, cause we, we haven't had anyone on that really has that background. Uh, and it's, it's just, uh, it was very nice to have you on. Thank you for coming on the show. Luke, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and great work with the podcast. And we are back. So, you know, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Definitely go check out um, the passive platform. I'll have the link below. Um, go check it out. It's an awesome platform, but shifting into the watch list. We have to go over the watch list as we always do on the daily. We go over the watch list. So taking a look, what I see in the market today, I see a lot of names that are good and I see a lot of names that are, uh, they've run a bit too much per usual. Now, Amazon, I like it. It's up uh, to 3238. I think it goes much higher. I really do. I think that this stock, Amazon, is probably at uh, between 3,800 and 4,000 by the end of the year. Um, I think Amazon is going to have another great year. I really do. I and mean, I think Amazon can continue to move higher. Now, uh, a few names I'd like to touch on. Uh, Disney, it's finally gotten down enough that, you know, I, I'm willing to per pick some up. It's at 174. Keep it on watch. You know, if it has a red day tomorrow, pick some up. Friday, pick some up. Um, what We'll see what's going on there. Bristol Myers is another health name that I really do like, a drug maker. Um, I definitely think you pick up some Bristol Myers. It is, you know, a slow mover, but it's consistently moving um, higher, and they have an excellent pipeline. Uh, Costco, we just dropped a breakdown on Costco. I really do like Costco. Um, and, you know, Costco has actually had a huge dip. I think it's a bargain at 360 I think you pick some Costco up. Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, Salesforce. Salesforce is one I do like. I think that stock has gotten, um, unfortunately, uh, sold off a bit too much. And, well, that's an opportunity for us investors. I think Salesforce is going to um, going to be a monster. Um, and I think they're just going to continue to grow, especially after the huge acquisition of Slack. So I definitely think that will go well. Boeing, 
It's at 211 still. But I think it's starting the turn. I think it's starting the turn back to the upside. We'll see here. Might be in a bit of consolidation mode. Um, but I do like Boeing at 211. I think you buy it. I think it's going to do well throughout the year. Marvell Technologies, another great one. 54 bucks per share. I think it can move higher this year. I think the 5G boom is here and will continue. And I, you know, I, I just think it's going to move higher. It's up 88 cents today. That's uh 1.64%. I do think it moves significantly higher in 2021. I think it's a great move. Um, so definitely uh, go after it. Take two. Up, you know, we're up to 205. The 205 take two is up. We called that. They're running with the money team. I believe we called that all the way down by 160. Wow, what a move. Now it is sitting up another six points. You know, I'd prefer the wait on take two. I think you can come back a little and then you jump in. But take two, excellent company. Verizon, that thing's been mostly flat this year. Hasn't gotten much movement. And I think uh, 5G is definitely going to benefit the company a lot. So definitely take a look at that. Square, it's had a little pullback off its highs. Now it's at 227. I think it can come down lower. If that comes down to, say, 220, pick it up. Uh, same with PayPal. PayPal, huge moves. As you know, I'd say Square and PayPal are tied. But if I had to pick between the two, I'd go with PayPal. Um, Activision, another excellent video game name. Um, EA, another video game name. I think you uh, take a look at Roku, a streaming name that keeps on killing it. That stock just continues to go up. If, if Roku is down, you know it is a bad day in the market because that stock, I swear, is up every single day. It's remarkable. But wait for uh, Roku to cool off. It's a great company, but definitely needs to cool off some. Tesla. 849. Buy it, sell it, hold it. If you're in it, hold it. Um, but you know, if you don't have any and you really want an electric car play, I'd go with Tesla, throw a 10% stop loss on it and see what happens. That is what I would do. The trade desk, my oh my, that stock is still sitting around 800. I think you can uh nibble on that stock, and if it comes down lower, pick more up. I think that stock is just starting to turn around. CrowdStrike all the way up at 225. If that stock comes back down to 220, pick some up. Um, and we can keep going through the list. I really like aerospace right now. I really like clean energy. I really like um, those China stocks, those stocks that in mostly Asia, moreover, um, those emerging markets, Asian companies. I really do like those companies right now. Um, I think they're going to do well throughout the next few years. Um, and I eventually believe, I firmly believe that China will end up taking the world economic stage. And a lot of experts do believe that. Um, and that is just going to end the show today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed the interview. Let me know what you thought as usual. Go check out Passive. Go check out runningwiththemoney.com. Um, also, uh, follow me and my team at Running With The Money or me on Twitter at Luke Donay. Drop any stocks, any questions you have that you want broken down, answers to. I'll try to get to them as quickly as possible. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you Friday.